When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Edwards goes to Standall. Now it's Bennett. JPR, the fullback. Is he going to get his second try? Oh, what a killer blow for the Welshman. JPR Williams, the fullback, scores the try that must sew it up for Wales. Welcome to another Attacking Scrum Six Nations special. What a weekend of rugby we've had. Uh, yeah, Wales fought hard, but Ireland are still on course for the Grand Slam. Another thriller up in Murrayfield where Scotland put England to the sword. And incredible late drama uh, between Italy and France where the, uh, the Italians were came within a whisker of, uh, of claiming victory over the French. So... How much are they improving and just quite what is going wrong with the French side as well. So joining me to get to the bottom of all of this is a good friend of the show, Paul Reese. How are you, Paul? Good, thank you, Jed. You? Yes, I'm all right. Thank you. And uh, yeah, an absolute no shortage of, uh, of storylines. It felt like the the second week of the Six Nations was perhaps a little bit of a, a little bit of a lull after the first one. Then you've had the rest weekend. But my God, it was back with a bang this week, wasn't it? Yeah, <clears throat> plenty of uh, sort of talking points and um, well, a couple of topsy turvy games. Um, Ireland Wales a bit more, um, bit more straightforward. But um, I mean, Wales did give them a rattle as we thought they would, but just um, didn't have the um, the experience, especially off the bench, to um, to, to force it home. No, they didn't. And we're kind of three games in now, post World Cup. Three games into the Six Nations campaign, no wins. Where do you see where Wales are right now? Uh, it probably the, the position that, that they're in is, is, is probably a fair one, um, given that you know of the six halves of rugby they played in three of them, they haven't scored a point. Yeah, it's extraordinary, really, isn't it? Yeah, and 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 I think in the last two matches. Um, Away, away, away to to England, Ireland. Admittedly, they got what three tries, two of them penalty tries. I thought the penalty try against in in, in Dublin yesterday, I couldn't, I couldn't figure that one out. And then my yellow card. Mm. I mean, some bizarre refereeing decisions, but that was um, that was among them. Having said that, I thought Aaron Wainwright had had um, reached the line and got a try. So yeah, it looked uh, like he was but, over, didn't it? Yeah, I thought so. I, I was surprised that wasn't um, closely looked at, but. Um, so, so, so the one try, man, man's at Twickenham, and I think, yeah, you know, to me again, what, what, yes, they highlighted was the loss of Dan Bigger, coupled with the, you know, the the absence of Gareth Anscombe, two experienced outside halves, 
conductors of the side. And when you lose both, there's no reflection on, on Costello and Lloyd, both both young men sort of you know at the beginning of their international careers and 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 and, and they will learn but you know when you go to places like Twickenham and, and Dublin you need some, you know, a steady hand to tend on you an old an old hand and that's what that's what Wales have liked and they haven't had that option on the bench to try and either either you know ch- change the game or or, or 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 keep hold of what you've got and 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 yeah, you know, that will that, that that will clearly come in time. They've got to they've got to learn as they go, and that that is Wales where Wales are, not just at outside half in a few other positions as well. But it's such a key one, and and you look at it, you know, at Ireland yesterday got crowded and replacing Sexton. Um, you know, he's been groomed, well, for, for for about a year, but it makes a huge difference when you come in into a settled winning side compared to to Wales where they're um, you know it. it, it Transitioning in the, in a significant way, um, you know, you put Crowley in the in, in the Wales team in jersey, and and you will of course see um, see a different player, which is not, again it wouldn't be a reflection on him, just the team he was he was playing for. Yeah, absolutely, and I think the the big thing as well is when you are faced with a pack that's getting overpowered, as I think Wales were most of the time in Dublin and at points in Twickenham. And you know, obviously the, the first half against Scotland wasn't great either, but it does put you right on the back foot. And I think both of those those outside halves have have struggled with that. And but that's where that experience comes in because when you've yeah. when you've got that that level of caps, you there will be occasions where you play behind a, a pack that's not dominant and and you're able to dig it out. And obviously, you know, bigger had those had those um, those occasions under his belt. I wanted, I wanted to let's let's stick with outside half of the time being because yeah, I was keen to see what you've made of Sam Costello so far and you know I think his performance seems to have have split people in two yesterday some saying there were some really encouraging signs particularly in defense and others saying that it, it perhaps wasn't decisive enough what have you made of, of his start as as Wales first choice 10? Um, I mean it, it, a mixed bag and again exactly what you would expect I mean I think you know, if Bigger had been there yesterday he might have stood slightly deeper and given Crawley, who's not a fullback, something to think about. Mm. Um, okay, Wales didn't you know, didn't enjoy the possession, especially in that first half. They were conceding a number of a number of penalties, and so they they, they were on the back foot. But I mean, Crawley had a you know probably a, a, an easier ride than he would have he would have expected come the um, come the morning of the match. Um, so I mean, Costello is he's, he's different to bigger, isn't he? He likes to stand mm. stand a bit flatter, doesn't he? And get his and get his back division moving, and again. You know that 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 requires quick ball, which and and he's got he's got a wee bit of time to assess his options. I mean, yesterday it was um, it was uh, it was pretty scrambled, wasn't it? Certainly in the first half, but second second half a bit better. But you know, it's 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 a process he's 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 got to go through, isn't it? And um, you know, but just 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 at times we've we talked before. You know how how all teams now are sort of you know, so, so so reliant on coaching, and there were just moments in the game, and I think you saw that with Finn Russell in, in, in Scotland, where you know he just takes a step back, and it's you know it's not out of the the playbook manual, but his own head, and you just you just hope that you know as 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 players like Costello get the experience, they can do they'll they'll have the confidence to do the same. Sometimes when they you know, a move is his own or something, and 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 you, you go ahead with it, even though 
you know, in the back, back of your mind will tell you, you know, this this isn't the right thing to do. But as I say, that's that that that's that's where Wales are, and it's it's very much coaching that as it has to be with 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 a team lacking in 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 international experience and the loss of so many big big players. But you could see the difference, you know, the the winning teams, Ireland and Scotland. That just using using that experience to 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 to, to play what they saw. Yeah, I think that's a pretty fair assessment, and I would say I, I think the the thing that was a little disappointing for me with with Costello was you know where we had that turnover opportunity and he just seemed to get caught in two minds. And again, yeah. that you know that stuff does come with experience, and I, I you know I, I don't think we've seen I don't think we've seen the best of him yet. I don't think we've seen the evidence that that kind of says. Um, that that shirt is going to be his for years to come. But at the same time, I think it's also worth remembering, you know, if you look back at Dan Bigger's career, he made his debut in 2008 and he didn't, he wasn't a regular until 2013. So it took a long time for him to get his chance. Admittedly, a lot more competition. You had the end of Stephen Jones and Hook and uh, and Rhys Priestland during that time as well. But it is one of those positions that you mature into. So I think there is, you know, there's, there's definitely time on his side I suppose the difficulty is that he's going to have to do it he's going to have to do it in the the glare of the spotlight playing in that Wales 10 shirt which is which is a difficult thing to do you know as I'm yeah as we saw with Reese Priestland you know 10 or so years ago when he had suffered a dip in form and Gatlin yes. backed him it was it was a very very harsh scenario to be in we've seen it with Cuthbert and and Adam Beard it can, it can be quite unforgiving trying to recover your form in an international jersey so um but you know at the same time He's also he's got the backing. I fully expect him to play uh, to play against France, and um, you know they 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 clearly see him. I think as the as the the front runner in that shirt. I mean, see, you know, it's a test of mental strength, isn't it? I mean, the the, the, reason, the reason bigger came through yeah. was he had that age. You go back to the Neil Jenkins era, all the criticism he copped, but it just went over his head. You know, and he was he was he remained focused. You know, not pretending to be anything other than he was, and had a long career. Stephen Jones is saying it's that mental strength, and and you know the the the, the coming matches and and and, and summer tour in November that will you know, you will you will see whether whether the Costello is a, is another bigger in that regard, or, or whether the pressure that gets to him as it has. You know, and, and I won't name any, but you know you go back past twenty thirty years, and there were a number of really talented out house who who just didn't make it. Yeah, I think that's uh, I think that's bang on the money. Um, let's take a look at some things that perhaps were encouraging. Uh, I mean, firstly, a player who has seemed to take to international rugby like a duck to water is Cam Winnett. I thought he was outstanding again, offering you know really good. You talk about players playing what's in front of them now. Finn Russell is a seasoned international and you know a player of a generation, but I thought Cam Winnett showed at times the the attacking intent, but also the ability to read what was in front of him. And it did feel like he wasn't just playing out of, out of what he was told to be doing, That particularly that step to get around James Lowe. Yeah. I, I think it's all really encouraging, not just from the attacking ability we know he has, but from a decision-making point of view as well. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think, you know, I mean, a, a pity is not the word, but, you know, most of his chances came from Ireland kicks, didn't they? And, mm. and, and he was sort of, sort of you know, did, didn't return them in kind uh, all the time, but if if the if the chance was on off, he went. You know, then the, the next step for Wales is to is, is to get them attacking off their own ball, because because you're right, he's got a great step, quick as well, isn't he? I mean, he's he's, he's yeah. away, and he and, and he look, he looks really confident. I mean, I read somebody comparing him to Mike Gray, and that you can you can you can see that. 
mean, Mike Ray was, was was the same. I mean, he's good under the high ball. Yeah, you know, he can get back. But if they if he if he saw something was on, he was he was off and after it. Yeah, I absolutely love Mike Ray. A slightly different build in uh, in Winnet yeah, and, uh, and Mikey Ray. Yeah, but, um, well, Winnet's yeah. got a bit, bit of time. Yeah, I mean, oh, yeah, but such, such an exciting player to watch as Mike Ray. So, uh, yeah, I, I really hope we're in for for similar level levels of excitement. And and Jacob Beetham was in the was in the training squad this week as well, wasn't he? Training with the the side. Um, and again, I think he's he's a very different fullback. But again, someone that that means there are some there are some really good options in in those positions, and and and, and again, you know, we're going back to you know Wales's position in the table, and let's face it, they've got BC's kick, haven't fallen over, and and haven't then hit the post. Wales would now be bottom of the um, Six Nations. You know, you look at those two big positions. You know, fifteen all that experience they had. Liam Williams, half many gone. And we talked about Anscom and bigger. You know, no Falatau at number yeah. eight. No Alan Wynn. Number five, no Ken Owens, a hooker. Huge, you know, all that experience and know-how you lose. You know, you cannot expect, you know, to to to, to suddenly be, you know, going to play like Twickenham and um, and and Dublin and emerging victorious. What I would say is, you know, given how close it was to Twickenham and the and the, you know, I mean, Wales forced Ireland to to dig deep that second half, didn't they? Even in the first half, defended defended really well. You know, I mean that that, that you know that shows, you know that. The start of something. I mean, clearly, you know, the further steps to come. But you know, clearly, you, if you look two, three years down the line, almost the next World Cup, you know, the basis is there for for for, for a decent side. Yeah, I think the look, the encouraging thing is the the quality of the talent. That's the the thing. A lot of young players, and this isn't just yeah, you know, this has been said to death. But this isn't just players coming in. You know, having played fifty regional games of rugby and uh, but at the start of their career, these are players playing their. And you know, I think Mackenzie Martin's first cap for Wales is his tenth professional game of rugby, yeah. and you know, and win it very similar as is as is Alex Mann. You know, they're they're being kind of thrust in a lot earlier than um, than perhaps you'd like them to be. But what they are showing is you know is is that resolve and and that ability to get stuck in. And again, you're going to learn a huge amount. Outings don't get much tougher than away in Dublin, and that could that could very easily yeah. look very ugly. Yeah, it could. You know, and and. You know, you go back, go back in the day. You know, Gareth Edwards. He hadn't played many games for Cardiff, did he? Yeah. When, when when he was first capped, and it took him a while to settle in. Didn't it? he? wasn't an overnight sensation by by any means. Um, but yeah, I mean, and you you know, the scoreline was almost the same as it was two years ago, wasn't it? It was twenty nine seven rather than thirty one seven. Yeah. But I would argue there was a big difference in the in the performance. Wales two years ago looked a looked a well beaten side, short of ideas and inspiration. Yesterday they you know they 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 showed showed their potential and it was it was it was anything but a, a sort of ritual ritual defeat. They you know that, that that's 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 probably Ireland's worst performance, but least impressive performance this this Six Nations. Yeah, I, I think now, it is. Which is a lot down a lot down to Wales. I think it was and you know it's I suppose it's frustrating because you just want them to if Wainwright's try goes over, that makes for a very, very yeah. interesting finish to yeah. the to the game. And you know, all of a sudden everything's on and it starts to become a bit more tense as it was. You know, it was almost like a boxer who'd put in a massive, a massive shift for nine rounds, but missed the knockout blow. And and from there on in, you know, the the heavyweight champs come in and and, and yeah. do what they do. And and fair play, Ireland Ireland did that. And I thought they were the better side throughout, obviously. But the scoreline was perhaps a little bit harsh on. And I, I don't often say that because normally the scoreline's a scoreline. But 
it, I think you have to be a bit more subjective with this, with just how young this Wales side is. I, I think something that will be encouraging, and this sounds weird considering they shipped 31 points, but the defensive shape for me looks like it's yeah. it, it, it's progressing quite nicely and and everyone kind of knows what their role is and, and knows what they have to do. And, it, you know, and as we said, credit is due to yeah. someone like Oslo who got through a got through a bag of work uh, in in defence and it does feel like that's that's an area that's that's moving along well absolutely yeah because i mean ireland are you know one of the deadliest teams around 5 10 meters out aren't they but they you know they went they were knocked back time and again and you know wales wales kept their shape you know i i thought um george norton defence was excellent mm. really really good i mean maybe you did look look for a bit more in attack um, but I, I, I thought defensively he made some 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 really good reads and and and, and, and tackles and that that helped Wales keep their shape for the most part. Yeah, it did. And actually, yeah, let's let's take a look at attack because this this question comes courtesy of my wife actually, who has no real interest in rugby whatsoever. Her previous questions have included why a Cardiff just called Cardiff and not something like the Cardiff Monkeys. Um, so I, I will just caveat it with that. But this one uh, this one was quite interesting because she says, how can Gatland inject more attacking play into this young side? And that does feel like it's that it's that attacking penetration that just needs to come. We've seen it in glimpses, but do you think there's, you know, do you think we're going to see see that progress over the, over the next couple of games as these players get more familiar playing with each other? Yeah, and, and better ball. Yeah. Better ball. I mean, again, we go back to that to that first half when they were nilled again. You, you, you know, there wasn't. Okay, how many penalties did it concede? Eight or nine, wasn't yeah. it? The first half. It was. Um, it was the first Italian Six Nations uh, refereeing um, thing, and he was. Um, yeah, some of the decisions um, both for both teams, you 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 could question, but I guess that's always the case. So I think that first half was just just not a, not enough ball. I think you know, once they get it. There is a there is a willingness to have a go, but be, be, because of its lack of quality in that sort of ten, twelve, thirteen um, sort of, sort of combination, never, never, never really got going as it as it had as it had in, in in the World Cup. As I say, an older hand at ten, seen it all before, maybe you'll get some slight difference. But until you know, t- until you're generating that um, that 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 good possession, that you it's 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 unfair to to judge an outside half and, and an attack. Yeah, it is. And yeah, I think that familiarity helps a lot. And I'm sure we'll look at that when we when we talk about what happened to England as well. So I'm sure we'll we'll come on to that in the uh, in the later parts of the of the show. What did you make of uh, of, of the set piece? Because again the line out seemed to function well when particularly yes. when, when Dee yes. was on the um on the field and then the scrum on the other hand was was quite difficult, but Dylan Lewis seemed to make a, a difference coming off the bench. What was what was your assessment of the set piece yesterday? Yeah, no, the line are really good, and you know Ireland are one of the best disruptors around, aren't they? And so that's um, you know Wales. I think you know, it, it wasn't um, it wasn't too long that you know, Ireland weren't contesting in the end, were they? No, um, they were accepting Wales was was setting up for the um, for the moral defence. Um, yeah, scrum. I don't, I don't. It's weird, isn't it? I mean, I mean, Andrew Porter got pinged a lot in the World Cup, and there were sort of question marks over his over his technique. But I, I, very much these days, once a referee takes a view with a scrum, it's hard to get him to change his mind. Yeah, isn't it? it is. And, um, as you say, Dylan Lewis coming on new face. Maybe that's that that that's the way to do it. But um, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's. I, I, I mean, I mean, the scrums. Are, are, 
I was taking a note of can't find it, but I mean the first three, four or five, what they end up in penalties, free kicks. I mean, you know, this is this such a such a blight on the game now, isn't it? You just, it's it's a means of you know restarting the game, and yet it's 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 just becomes another excuse to blow the whistle. I think mean, you know after so many years of this, why isn't it being sorted out? And this or this this you know it takes ages for an actual scrum to set because it takes so long. There are many, you know many chances of somebody hitting early or not going not going quickly enough and getting a free kick and I don't know it's just, it's, it's 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 become too messy I think they should they should be looking for ways of, of getting that scrum to form far more quickly and get the get the ball out yeah I know and you and you do have those as well where it reaches the back it's gone down for no real reason or the referee says use it and then they keep the ball in and, yeah. and drives on it's just it's inconsistent and then you also had the the you know, once in a blue moon, crooked scrum feed getting called yesterday, which which never happens. And then Jameson Gibson Park, the very next one was uh, you know was was equal as equally as crooked. So I, I mean, I, I don't think I did. The, some of the refereeing decisions, particularly in the first half, were bizarre. Not an excuse yeah. for Wales at all. But what it does mean is that you know when you're playing a side as good as Ireland and you're as inexperienced as Wales, you need a little bit of the rub of the green. And all the decisions in that first half seem to go against them. And you're right, it was inconsistent yeah. for both sides. Um, yeah. But it's those momentum killers when you're struggling to get the ball and you're in the 22 and then there's a, a pretty dubious breakdown penalty given against you. It just all that pressure goes. And and yeah. so, you know, again, it's it's not an excuse, but it, it does kind of help to explain why uh, why perhaps they were nilled again in that in that first half. Um, lots yeah. more, to, lots more to get stuck into, uh, Paul. And again, as we as we said, there was some cracking rugby elsewhere as well. So we're going to look at all of that coming up in the second and third parts of the show. But first, we're going to take a very quick break. Right, let's stick with Wales, Paul, as we move into the second half. Uh, I want to talk about something else, actually, rather than than just the game. And this was Warren Gatlin's comments at the press conference on Thursday, which definitely seemed to to be a lot more interesting than your average uh, than your average press conference. You kind of talked about the regions, um, you know, being something of a, a sinking ship, and there needs to be a lot more done, and the emphasis needs to be placed on facilities and coaching rather than players. What did you make of those comments? Um, I mean, I think I think he's right, isn't it? Because if you you know if you're trying to attack attract a lot of players from outside, um, as well as as well as you know developing your own, one of the things which you can sell are, are what what you've got to offer in terms of in terms of facilities, coaching facilities, um, and, and 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 the coaching team. You know, is is somebody. Confident that they will improve as a player if they if they join, and you know you, 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 that probably wouldn't be the case at the moment with many, would it? And so I so I don't think, I think he's right. You know you, you've got to you know, make it make it an attractive attractive place for for for, for someone to 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 join. Uh, I remember you know wasps when they were um, at their old training ground um, not far from Coventry. I mean it was. It was Pretty ramshackle, and you know they they would get players down, have a look at it, and they say, "No, I'm not coming here because it's, it's it was, it, you know, it just wasn't 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 modern." Was that the little ground, Henley and Arden? Uh, no. What was it called? It was it was a it was a rugby ground. I went there, I went there a few times. Um, oh, I forgot, but it was it just it was just a local club. Yeah. But you know, they then they then got the. 
built their own or, or, or somebody built it for them, still owns it. And all of a sudden, they're finding it easier to, to attract players, you know, top draw players. And it's, you know, that, that, that does make the difference. So I think Gatlin's right. If you, if, you just, if you just focus on, you know, trying to sign one or two, um, bring him in and think that that's going to make the difference. No, you, you know, just it's, it's, it's like anything. You lay foundation, don't you? And then you, 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 you sort of build upwards. But I mean, you know, the coaching team, I think, is, is important as well. Um, you know, you've got to invest in coaching. And again, you know, you look at um, clubs in, in, in the Premiership in France who've, who've, who've done well. You look at you know, Japan now. And it's you know that's that's the first thing they look for, right? Let's get a let's get a top coach in there, and you get a top coach, and suddenly you can you know improve the players you've got, but also you know he can he can help bring in players of the caliber that you're that you're looking for. So I think yeah, I think I think I mean it's just gone on too long, hasn't it? I mean it's I mean he Gatland arrived at the end of 2007 when the Ospreys were yeah were in fairness you, you know that really investing in the team and um, and attracting some big talent. But I mean for most of the time Gatland's been here, it's just been a a depressing picture, isn't it? Yeah, it has. You know, I certainly wouldn't disagree with with that assessment. What I would say is, I don't know if it was deliberately done as another diversionary tactic. You know, the old Brian Clough, Jose Mourinho, let's ruffle a few feathers in match week. Uh, I've no doubt that's what he believes. I just also think that I don't know how helpful it is during the during the, the lead up to a, to a big match. I also don't. I didn't particularly like the fact that he kind of name checked Alex Mann, a young player. You know, where he said that he, he referred to to coming into the Wales camp as experiencing what a professional setup look like I don't I just don't find that that's massively helpful um and I think the other thing is like you know they're they're I'm I'm not for one minute suggesting that the WLU should just be handing out a blank check for the regions to go and sign players but Gatland is very much viewing this through a lens of the regions producing talent for the national side which is you know we all want to see that but that's not their sole function. You know, they have to be able to to be competitive. And there is a big argument that if your side is more competitive, you're going to develop as a player. Not that your path is going to be blocked by overseas talent or anything like that, but that you can learn from you can learn from that that experience that's around you too. And I just feel like it's it's perhaps a, a conversation that's not best not best played out in public. And particularly, you know, when when I think your employer has a, a fair amount of, of share in it. I absolutely agree. I think there should be better facilities and uh, all of the regions. There should also be, there should also be better coaching. There should be a lot more done to, to produce young uh, and develop young coaching talent in Wales as well. And I don't think all of that lies solely at the, at the door of the regions. But as, as we've said, since, you know, since the year dot, there has to be a, a closer, more cooperative existence between uh, between the regions and the and the union. And I don't know quite whether uh, whether anything suggests that that's going to that that's going to be the case in the near future. Yeah, I mean, I think I, I mean, you know, I mean, Gatland doesn't say anything without thinking it through beforehand. So clearly, there's a reason for for him to come out and say it now. I mean, he, there's going to be a you know exasperation, isn't it? I mean, his his reputation's on the line. Is it coming back to Wales, mm. having you know, prob- probably been the most successful coach in in in, in Wales's history? Um, and all of a sudden, your so your reputation's on the line. And and how much control do you really have? Yes, you can bring in a group, train them up at the at, at the Vale, and, and 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 make them you know make them make them better players and make them. Uh, 
you know, a competitive side. But I mean, he's used to to winning Grand Slams, getting to World Cup semi-finals, and you know, with the best will in the world, he you cannot say at the moment that the Wales are on on course under him to repeat that. But so, do you blame him for failing to make the most of what he's got? I would argue, no. I think he is making the most of what he's got. So you then look at your suppliers and say, well, are you doing all you can to ensure I have the means to be successful again? And the answer to me is a great big fat no. Mm. Wales, you know, at that, that level have been muddling through for year after year, accepting mediocrity. Just look at that league table. It doesn't lie, does it? You know, two of the bottom three are Welsh regions. Now, you know, okay, resources, yes, yes, yes. But you look at, you know, look at, look at some of the players that both got. Shouldn't be there. Losing match after match after match. You know, they, they I mean, you know, they, they should, they should be absolutely shamefaced at what they're doing when you've got Tribisu up in, up in, up in fourth, for example. Um, you know, Connacht. Yeah, how, I mean, always, how much money are Treviso spending, though? Again, you know, if you if you look at it in those yeah, in those but, terms. Yeah, but I mean, but I mean, you know, what what are they spending on? Who are the you know who are the who are the huge players that they brought in? You know, Jacob Umaga, huh? uh, you know, Paulo Dogwu. You know, they're not they're not huge stellar names, are they? But they're getting they're, they're getting a tune out of them. All you're getting all you're getting into places like Scarlets and Dragons is a cat's whale, mm. and it's not good enough. And I think Gatlin's right to call them out on that. And they, you know, they, there has to be responsibility and accountability because they are all in it together. But you cannot expect, again, look at that league table, you cannot expect to produce, you know, season after season, league tables like that and Wales to win. That that it happened in Gatlin's first period in charge is credit to him and his, and, and his coaching team and, and the players. And, and, you know, I used to speak to them then. And they all talked about the huge difference in coming into that Wales environment in terms of the, the coaching and the facilities from, from the region. Yeah, no, it's interesting. I just think that, you know, the, the situation that those, that those regions find themselves in, there must be, you know, in the spirit of working together more closely, I'm not, you know, like I say, I don't expect the union to write a blank check and we know that the resources are tight. But there must be some better uses of, of, you know, of improving, you know, if there are grants or or resources freed up in order to Im- improve facilities. And if that means, you know, working with working closely with sponsors to help to help facilitate it and things like that, it would be still be in Wales's benefit, in Wales's interest um, or access to access to their coaches as well. I, I just think that there should be a bit more that's done on behalf of the union as well. But that requires everyone to be to be working towards a, a greater goal. And again, I don't that hasn't been the case in the past. I don't know how much that's going to change as well. No, no, exactly. And it's it's but you, you know, you, as we said, your playing budgets are not going to be as great as some, but you can, you know, and you, you you start start with facilities, start with, with coaching, get reasons to want players to come there. And and I'll go back to Wasps. You know the times they were based around QPR, then Wickham Wanderers, and and they, um, you know, they 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 had one of the lowest turnovers in the Premiership, mm. and so they couldn't they couldn't afford to pay the salaries that other Premiership clubs could. But you know the likes of Delaney stayed there, didn't they? And they stayed there because of because of you know what 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 the the, the club offered elsewhere with them top top coaching in those days, if not if not training facilities, and and it was a it was a reason to stay. You know what? What a what a you know. I mean, Ospreys have you know have, 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 have had a good couple of months, but otherwise, what are the regions doing to encourage players to stay? You've got the twenty-five cap rule, 
isn't it? And that's you're almost you're almost saying, well, you know, we've got to have that rule because otherwise, they would go to places where they where they've got better coaching and better training facilities. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I also think it's dangerous looking at wasps, you know, because we all we all know where they ended up, Paul. And um, I'm you know I'm not saying that that's the that's the, the sole reason, um, but also it is perfectly conceivable that if sides overstretch themselves, as we've seen. Um, as we've seen in the uh, in the Gallagher Premiership, you can go. You know, if you if you overstretch yourself, you can you can end up in a in a very very tight spot and potentially go out of existence. So you know, we're, we're, we talk about this a lot, but there's there is an awful lot of stuff to be stuff to be cracked um, with regards to with regards to the regions, with regards to their player base, with regards to giving fans a, a reason to go and watch them. And, uh, and and I don't think any of it is I don't think any of it is straightforward. But you know, as we, as we said before, it's it's different to to Ireland and Scotland, where you just don't have a history of of club rugby, and and it's been an unhappy marriage from from minute one. And yeah, I, I don't know. I, I just think that there's got to be some some drastic changes in terms of, as we said before, the competitions that you're playing in and the the attraction for people to go and watch them, which in turn brings the revenue. The exposure that you get through TV helps to bring the sponsors, and all that means is you're in a, a more financially sustainable situation. There is more money coming through the door, and then how you invest that needs to be done cleverly as well. But we we could we should probably save that for another podcast because we could go on and on and on. Um, but yeah, was was keen to get your take on that this week. Let's let's move up to to Murrayfield now because Scotland completed four Calcutta Cup wins in a row. Uh, absolutely, uh, you know. Pretty ruthless second half performance, I thought. Doing Van der Merwe was absolutely superb. How much of it was Scotland getting it right on the day, and how much of it was England getting it wrong? Bit of both. Um, I mean, England started well, nice try. So I thought there was a bit of blocking in it, which he picked Scotland up for later. Um, and then you know, England made a number of mistakes in possession, um, not necessarily because of the new systems they're trying to produce, but just basic unforced errors like knock-ons mm. and um, getting held up in the mall second half. And Scotland just, um, you know, despite being 10 points down, they they, 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 they didn't panic. Perhaps that, again, is a reflection of where they are as a team. Um, and, you know, the crowd had gone, gone, gone a bit quiet. England had their tails up. But Scotland didn't, um, didn't panic and scored a really good try from the scrum using Finn Russell as a decoy. And, um, you know, the blitz defending didn't do quite work for England then much harder from a, a, a set piece anyway isn't it for blitz defence compared to a, a mole or a, or, or, a, or a ruck and after that they they I think they're always Scotland always confident that they they, they they had the beating of England and as England fell behind and needed to respond it wasn't there wasn't there wasn't uh, there wasn't a lot there disappointing I, I, I thought England but the, you know the, the, the mistakes they made basic basic mistakes um, just sort of, sort of multiplied in the second half was as Scotland took that lead, and you were looking for a response from England. And although Faye or Bosa got a, a, a try forty minutes from in, it, it never really came. And you looked at the scoreboard, nine points. <clears throat> it was more more like twenty point difference between the teams. Yeah, at no point in that second half did I think Scotland were ever going to lose it. They just looked so much. They yeah. looked so much better, and England kept making. Yeah, like you say, complete schoolboy mistakes. When you've got, you know, we keep hearing about this England side being in transition, but their halfback partners had 
200 caps between them yeah. yesterday. And, yeah. and, and George Ford, yeah. who was excellent against uh, against Wales in closing it out at Twickenham, you know, I, I thought it looked a bit it looked a bit muddled at times. Like there was this kind of willingness to want to to play, but when they did, there were some real basic errors. You know, throwing the ball at George Furbank's face for that Duan van der Merwe try was not. You know, that that's really simple stuff. Ollie Lawrence was rushed back. Wasn't you know? I don't. I don't think it was a fitness in terms of not being physically fit. But he didn't look match fit because he's just you know he's no he, he's rusty. He's, he's rusty, rusty knocking, knocking yeah, on that, simple that, walls. You know. Yeah, and that threw, that pass he threw into Turkey just sort of summed it up, doesn't it? Cause, I mean, you know, he's a he's a, he's a de- decent player, but but yeah. So you got a, you know you got a new 10, 12, 13 combination, and that that I'm surprised that they dropped Stewart at fullback. You know, bringing Fur back in nothing nothing against the decision itself. But when you had to change your nine because Mitchell was injured, when you were bringing Lawrence back at twelve, and you were you were trying to find your your ways in attacking and the defensive side too, to drop one of your best performances over the opening two zones, um, I, I I I thought that was strange. And you know, Fairbanks got a good try, and then as you said, the knock the knock on for for that for Van der Meer was second. Um, though I, I think it was more the pass than yeah, I did. Than, than, than Furbank. He made a you know made a made a few other mistakes as well. Whereas you know, Stewart is a is a rock, and you know they go on about his lack of pace. Or Craig, you haven't got any pace. How come he's one caps on the wing? Well, yeah, look, it's yeah. interesting. I mean, I, I think I think both we've got his selection bang wrong. I think that. You know, if if you're looking about talking about a side being in transition, don't make five changes. Okay, Mitchell was enforced. They rushed Lawrence back, wasn't fit. There was no reason to pick him. And it, and actually, if you are going to pick him, you should probably pick him at thirteen, as they seem they seem reluctant to yeah. do. And then, yeah, the the steward one. You know, I I think I think I've said before. You know, I think Freddie Stewart is probably the best in the world under uh, under the high ball. And you know, I don't think there's anyone who really who can compare to him. I don't think he has the the attacking threat. But it, it felt like a reactionary thing to me. It felt like they were trying to force something. And I didn't feel like it was an attacking choice, which sounds weird because he's a more attacking player. I felt it was almost a bit, it was trying to negate Finn Russell and almost try a bit of a wild card selection and say, okay, you know, you might have been you might have been expecting uh, Freddie Stewart to play at fullback. Therefore, you probably wouldn't have kicked as much. Um, we're going to throw George George Fairbank in there perhaps to, to, to get him to kick a little bit more and to... To not yeah. get the ball in hand. That was <clears throat> that was exactly my reaction. That they that they were inviting Russell to kick to Furbank, and he well, he didn't take the bait. I mean, yeah, Furbank had a few, but he wasn't peppered, was he? No, no, I don't think he was. And and again, I think you you hit the nail on the head in the first half. Russell did the ultimate, you know, the the ultimate thing of playing what was in front of him. And again, you know, he yeah. just doesn't get phased. He made that he made that mistake with the with the charge down, and what less than a minute later, he yeah. puts in that absolute beauty of a kick. For uh, for the uh, for the for the Van der Merwe try there, and you know he's just so comfortable, and you know I he's the best the best player I've seen play for Scotland in my lifetime, and there's been some there's been some great players, but I just think he's the impact he has on the game, the ability to raise the the performances of the players around him, and and he things like his goal kicking, you know he hasn't missed a kick so far in this, yeah. and I always thought he was a decent goal kicker, perhaps nothing more. But would you put your life on him in a Lions test to slot those kicks? Well, right now you would. Just n- none of it. None of it is phasing right, yeah. him. Touchline kicks, anything. And yet, he, and yet he's kicked like a dream for Bath. Ben Spencer's taken over, so um, it's weird, Very isn't weird. it? But he's, yeah, was it? 
was it 15 on 15, 16 on 16, something like that, there's six yeah. nations. So, it's, I mean, everything's going on. Some tough ones. Tough ones yesterday. Murrayfield's never the easiest ground to kick. But I think, you know, we were going talking earlier about the Wales 10s. Russell's a good example mm. of, of, you know, somebody who, you know, you, you go back to his early years and it was really up and down, wasn't it? No no sort, sort of real consistency there. Um, maybe too, too, too individual at times. And you look at him now, and you look at him playing for Bath, and it's just, um, you know, someone who's who's completely comfortable in his position with those around him, just oozes oozes confidence. And and as I say, he's you know with the with the willingness and the assurance to if he sees something, to go for it. And if it doesn't come off, well, it doesn't come off. Doesn't mean say he was wrong to go for it. You just get it right next time. Is it somewhat bittersweet for Scotland? Given that they really should be three from three, and and again, yes. as as I said last week, I don't, yeah, I don't think it's about the refereeing decision. I think it's about the fact they didn't close the game down against France. And nope. given nope. you know, as we'll as we'll talk about a little bit later, given where France are right now, which is suffering from a catatonic hangover from the World Cup, they they really should have put them to bed in that second half. They'd be three from three with Italy well, to come, and then a grand yeah, time decider in Dublin. Yeah, I mean, the end of the first half, wasn't it, when they had all those penalties close to the French line and, you know, they were, didn't, didn't take the points, went for the, went for, you know, went for the try and conversion, didn't get it. And, you know, if they, and, and, and you know, that, those seven points clearly would have, would have been a difference. And, um, yeah, second half, you know, opportunities as well. And, um, yeah, I mean, after what happened today, I mean, I know France played the second half without a daunty, but um, Scotland would be, yeah. I mean, they've still got the triple crown to aim for, but the, you know, you look at the table now, and they could go into the final weekend um, against Ireland, unable to win the title. It's, it, yeah, it's um, the, the triple crown to aim for. But imagine winning the triple crown, beating Ireland in Dublin, which would be a, a massive achievement. <laughs> then thinking, thinking yeah. that they let it slip yeah. through, you know, through failing to get past a, a, a very off-colour French side. But you know, look, fair, yeah. fair play to them for bouncing back this week. I think they they used it. They looked. I thought they looked really good. And even when it wasn't quite going all their way, as you said, did not look phased. And, you know, as we've just praised Russell then, man of the match, Van der Merwe, was just, you know, he might be the most ruthless finisher in world rugby right now. And and Hugh Jones, yeah, the 13, really important part of, part of that side. Not the, not the flashiest, but, oh, he makes some ground, doesn't he? I mean, and that, you know, pass yeah. off the floor to Van der Merwe. Steady Merf. head. Right, good. Yeah, good, 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 good awareness. And also, what I liked about Scotland yesterday, we've gone on about you know Wales's bench. You, Ashman comes on the replacement hooker, Miller Mill. Now, you, you know, if you if 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 somebody had you know said to you at the start of the season, Elliot Miller Mills will will be playing in the Six Nations this season, you know, and you know what 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 odds would you fancy? I mean, he'd be about a hundred yeah. to one, wouldn't he? Yeah, he did a very he, good job. You know, he did, he's, he's sort of you know a real sort of journeyman club player. What's he now? Thirty, thirty-one. Um, he's not a he's not a starter at Northampton, <clears throat> pretty much on the bench. Comes on he and Ashman. I mean they just they just tied up the England malls and then England England pride themselves on their malls and they were you know getting um, getting Scotland scrums out of it. Um, and I think you know that's that that's yeah, that's important. And England's bench. I mean you know they brought on Spencer for care and all he does is box kick. They brought on Finn Smith the same kick in the way. Just didn't have the um, didn't have the impact. No, it didn't have the impact. And another one who I thought had a, a brilliant game off the bench was Cam Redpath. Yeah, that break was brilliant. But also, oh, yeah. Yeah. again, familiarity in the in the in the, the 
between the halfbacks and um, the halfbacks and the and the centres. And again, that quite that as we've seen it work for Bath between Russell and, and Redpath. He yeah. just, he off, he's such a complete centre. You know, he's got a brilliant, you know, he's got that brilliant kind of playmaking ability, but he's strong as well. You know, doesn't mind trucking it up. Strong, and yeah. yeah, I think he's, yeah. a, you know, I, I think he's he's really, really unlucky that, that he's got two Pilotto in front of him because, yeah, I, I thought he showed and, how excellent and, he was. He did, yeah. And then when two Pilotto went off, you think, well, that's, you know, that's, that's a big loss for, for Scotland, just, you know, just as daunt he was for France today. But you know, I mean, he he was their their gain line breaker, wasn't he? And um, you know, the generator of quick balls. So all of a sudden, you know, you're facing you're facing slower possession and maybe a, a rejig of tactics. But you know, it didn't it didn't happen. They just carried on regardless. Yeah, they did. But uh, yeah, it's. Um... It's going to be interesting, you know. At least Scotland have got stuff to play for now, because you know, far far too often they've started the tournament well and have gone into that last weekend with with literally nothing to play for. In fact, I might be right in saying that they haven't, in the Six Nations era, had anything to play for in the final weekend. So it's more than likely that they, you know, they they have the triple crown at the very least and and could still, in theory, be up for the title. They will. So. They will. And it, you know, if 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 England um, stop Ireland. Um, Let's assume Ireland win, but stop them getting a mm-hmm. bonus point. Then yeah, Scotland will mathematically, maybe not, but um, you know, technically, will will still be in contention for the title as long as they see obviously. Yeah, no, absolutely, and fair play to them for for bouncing back this week. Right, we're going to take one more quick break. When we come back, we're going to be taking a look at France, who are Wales's next opponents, Italy, who are Wales's final opponents, and uh, yeah, we'll. Um, be assessing their progress in the Six Nations so far. But first, we're going to take this quick break. Right then, Paul, I have to say I missed the game this afternoon as I was travelling back from Birmingham, but no shortage of drama, particularly right at the end. And, I mean, this this could have been a famous victory for... um, the Italians should have been. Yeah, should have been. I mean, yeah, he was he was unlucky. The ball fell over with about ten seconds on the stop clock. He picked it up. He had about four seconds, I think, when he finally connected with it. Didn't did just didn't hit it hard enough, and it's just just veered to the right, hit the post, and you know, and that was the end of the game. So, um, but I think if if it hadn't fallen over, he'd, he'd probably nail it because he just kicked. Um, a conversion from the left hand touch and he's left footed as well, so it's sort of the wrong side for left footed supposedly, but he nailed that one um, pretty well. So you would have you would have backed him. It was this was about five meters to the left of the post, 35, 40 yards out. So um yeah, you would have you he'd have, have probably nailed that and that would have been the first Six Nations victory in France. Yeah, and I mean it was only a matter of months ago that France handed out an absolute toweling. 60 points to Absolute toweling yep. to Italy. Now, I know there's been a change in coaching. Obviously, France have, have been disappointed. They're missing Dupont, and, and although they were missing Interbank in the World Cup anyway. But something seems massively wrong there. What's your assessment of where France are right now? Well, I, think, I mean, I'm obviously a factor today was the sending mm. off of Dante at the end of the first half. For a high tackle on Brex, I think it was. Um, not quite his opposite number, but opposite centre. Um, and it, you know, bang, it was it was a you know, bunker review, but banged to right. Ricardi was upright in the challenge, and it was 
made good contact with the head. I mean, there's no no mitigating fact. But for a bloke of his experience, he's had a pretty good game up to then. You just, again, after all that's happened with this, you you just left wondering. I mean, he could easily have gone low there. But there we are. So so down to 14 for the second half. Um, that was the factor. But the first half, they'd, they'd sort of dominated, <clears throat> got... Um, um, got 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 a try, but they just seem obsessed with size mm. and power. So all you were seeing was, you know, Antonio was about twenty three stone, or Tuilagi the second row making his first start was even heavier, just getting the ball and trying to batter their way through. And you got you know you got like Sapeno and Ramos out wide, and you know, Fiku, B A B R A, you know, guys with you know great footwork and they're. They're almost, as we've been sitting in the stand half the match, France just thought they could batter and batter and batter, obsessed with size and weight. And, and Italy, in fairness, they defended. They defended for their lives. And they, they you know, kept them to, to 10-0, got back to 10-3, then to 13-3. And once Dante had gone off, you know, France, France yeah, there was a bit of a bit of exuberance the way they played the first half. But once he went off, they, you know, they were... Um, you know the air was all, almost sucked out of them, and, and while Italy were not <clears throat> as dangerous at ball in hand as as as, uh, as you'd hoped, they just stuck at it and got a try through. Um, got, got another penalty, make a thirteen six, and then equalising try late on through Capuazzo, who um, didn't have anything to do for, for, from my point of view. And at thirteen all, there was only going to be one winner. Well, yeah, well, there wasn't, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> But, but yeah, but, it, but, yeah, but, it would only be you know, that, yeah. that, 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 that penalty kick in normal circumstances. I say it's just the the, the ball, but I don't know, ball falling over and and but other, other, you know France, <coughs> France were not <coughs> had no mm. response having lost their lead. France had no response. So if, you know they they was, if one team was going to win, it was only going to be as what was so you know. I mean, and if 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 that ball hadn't fallen over, you'd have had the. Um, you know the prospect of Wales playing France. You know, um, looking to avoid the wooden. You know, with the loser set for the wooden spoon. Yeah, fancy that. Well, yeah, yeah, that is true. It's um, yeah, I mean, it's astonishing, really, how far the you know how far the the performances have dropped off since the World Cup. I mean, it, you know, and 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 also, you know, for France coming to Cardiff now, they won't be in any sort of great heart because there's there's no Dupont clearly with. He's, he's he's got his mind on the seven. Jalabay went off injured today, so even with the fallow week, I'm not, I'm not sure he'll he'll be back. Don't he'll be banned. Um, so they're without their you know nine, ten, and twelve from the um, from the World Cup, and who knows what uh, what Gaultier will do in in reaction to that defeat. Whether Aldridge probably be back at, at number eight um, to lead the side, but um, is that, you know, they, they it's it's they just lost their. I mean, what what they had the last couple of years, you know, real sort of, um, you know, mm. zest, didn't there? It wasn't there. Well, it was traditional, real, it was traditional like French they, rugby, as we know it. You know, yes, lots of power yeah, up front. Got, yes, great set piece. Yes, good scrummages. But, but they enjoyed yeah, it. exactly. <clears> the, they the, enjoyed all it. the backs wanted the ball in their hand, were all keen to, to go and to run when it was on. Um, they had a sensible kicking game, but also a real ambition to want to play. And... Something seems to have changed. Do you think this is, you know, is this coming from Galtier or is this the players trying to tighten up? Because something doesn't seem right. No, no I think you know. I, I mean, I read a piece before the start of the Six Nations where they were talking about, you know, that France could be the first team to field a pack that mm. weighed more than a thousand kilograms, and I, 
seems to be the obsession. I just, you know, <clears throat> losing to South Africa seems to have, you know, changed his outlook, just as it did for England after they lost the 2019 World Cup final to South Africa. And, you know, the, you know, the 6-2 bench and, 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 and all this sort of caper and power and size and muscle and um, as if that was the you know, the only reason that South Africa have won the last two World Cups. I just think he's um, he's been sidetracked by, by, by that defeat to South Africa and, and lost sight of, you know, what France should be about. I mean, if they snap out of it, um, you know, they'll be, they'll, they'll, they'll be a threat. But if they play in Cardiff as they did today, then I think Wales will have them. Well, I mean, this is it now for Wales, because I think the first three games have largely been a bit of a freebie. And, you know, because it's not often, and, you know, look, we've, we've explained the circumstances for that. You've, you very rarely see a side that's inexperienced. We know it's going to be a big building job. But I do feel like this is the first test where there will be a degree of anticipation because France are, yes. France are up on the ropes. And I just think this is the, this is the kind of test that it would be a big step forward, regardless of how France play, to take a scalp like that in Cardiff would be, would be a big one. You know, when when was the last time we we beat France? It'd be what twenty nineteen, I'm guessing. Um, World Cup. Yeah, World Cup nineteen. Yeah, and um, yeah, yeah, and when the players. Yeah, again. exactly. And you know that was the that was kind of the them handing the baton over, wasn't it? Where they, you know, it was the following the following season that they became very very good, and yeah, it just feels you know with this this French squad even with those key players missing, has so much strength in depth. You know, the, the top 14 is the best league in the world. It's, it, it is, you know, the, it is producing players of generational brilliance for, for France, but it just feels like they're not a particularly, a particularly cohesive unit at the moment. And so if, if there's anything there, and, and as you said, you know, you, you seem to know what the game plan is now because they've become uh, so preoccupied with the with the power game. And yes, look, Wales do not have the biggest side. We know that, and it's it's visible. But also, if it's that predictable, you know, you you then know what you know what's coming. You know, Ireland are a big, powerful side, but the danger with Ireland is whenever they have someone going into carry, there's two or three options around him, so you never know who's going to actually attack. That's what's so dangerous about them. Whereas France, as you say, seem to be negating that by by just. Um, by just looking to play the power game, and if if that's what's coming, Wales will be able to will be able to prepare for it. Doesn't mean you can you can completely negate it, but you'll be able to prepare for it. But, but Tommy Refn will yeah. win a few penalties, that's for sure. You know, you know that because you know, there <clears throat> wasn't you know there, there wasn't great coordination in some of those attacks. Just a bloke picking up a ball and charging. Well, you can you, you can isolate and pick them off and 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 win the penalty. And then Italy did get a couple, and it, and you know the the one at the end <clears throat> was classic France running out their own half because they clearly a draw wasn't acceptable to them. And um, and and Italy getting over the ball and winning winning the, the penalty turnover. Yeah, what what then for Italy? I mean, they'll be they'll be bitterly disappointed not to have come away with a win there. But do they go into that game against against Scotland with a lot more? Yeah, with a lot more belief. Yeah, because because they defend they they, they I, I thought they defended really well, and you know I mean I mean, or, you know Antonio and and, and Tuilagi coming at you time and again. I mean physically that's demanding, isn't it? I mean huge bruises and Cyril Bay as well. He did he, he was he was to to the fore, and I, you know that that takes take, takes a lot out of you. But they kept their shape. They kept their kept their will. You know in the past. You've seen Italy, you know, give it a go for 20, 24 minutes, concede a try, heads drop, and 
and before you know it, his bonus point is gone. But you know, they 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 stuck at it. You know, right? They they had a break with with Dante's red red card, but you know when they needed to, they 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 created a try. So they are this you know there's, there's something about them. I mean, they're a bit more confidence because Treviso are doing far better, aren't they? So I mean, some of them now are <clears throat> they're used to winning a few games rather than um, just piling defeat on defeat. Um, and that's you know it's, it's showing. So they'll um, they'll they'll have a go against Scotland. You know, since Scotland. Can't turn up expecting to win. They're going to have to win it. Yeah, no, I think I think you're absolutely right on that front. Um, but yeah, it'll be be very interesting to see. You know, with these with these two games coming up, and obviously particularly with Wales and Cardiff on the final day, um, it's good. It's good for the tournament for Italy to put in a performance like that. So I think that's uh, you know, yeah, it is. It is. It is. And they, you know, <clears throat> as we say, you know, Wales. It's important for Wales against France because they don't want. They won't want to go into that Italy game with the wooden spoon at stake on the day when, you know, traditionally the, the champions are determined. But, you know, the last two home games against France have been mm. four points, haven't they? And they won four years ago over a couple of dodgy refereeing decisions. Um, but, you know, two years ago, was it, 13-9? One, one try, back row to, to, yeah. to France. So, you know, that's, you know, that, that's and two years ago, you know, Wales had a, you know, horrible season, didn't they? So, there's, um, you know, it's it's France will um, will not be uh, will, will not be relishing coming to Cardiff. This no, time. I don't think it will. Just to bring it back to Wales, then what do you anticipate Gatlin will be doing with his with his team selection? It feels a lot more settled now, doesn't it? And um, do you think do you think there'll be many changes there? I think. <clears throat> I mean, one area. Where you know, which would be of concern is scrum. Got to get that right because France <clears throat> can milk penalties there. Um, you know, especially when you got you know, the power coming through from the second row that they've got. So whether Dylan Lewis gets to start at tight, but he, you know, he's got to pick his his best scrummaging tight, who he considers to be his best scrummaging mm. tight, doesn't he? And 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 also try and try and try and keep that penalty count down. And and I think you know your back row combination down because it's the um, you, you know you can win penalties on the floor against France. I mean, one thing Wales will do as well, like Italy, is tackle. I mean, there's no questioning the hardened commitment of that side, is there? As they showed against Ireland, I mean, they'll they'll rip into anything. So all the all these big bruises, that, that's not going to that's not going to phase them one little bit. And then it's just that you know if you can can get a bit of turnover ball, you know the way you can the way you can counter attack, just just that bit more alertness and. And 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 seeing what's on, and that, again that you know, that they played played in Dublin, played in Twickenham. You know, you've been to those grounds. That's you know that that's part of the learning. And what they've got to show now is that they have they have picked things up. And they are better for the yeah. Experience. I mean, the back row is interesting because I think that the balance of the back row, which is always the always the thing you look at, isn't it? Has has felt right since Alex Mann yeah. has come in and and taken that that shirt. You know, I think he's still, I think he's still finding his feet in terms of that overall. You know, perhaps that overall fitness of being, you know, because he's at that le- that level of his career where he's not played that much rugby. So I think come 50, 60 minutes, you know, he is he, he is the natural one to be to be replaced. But I've been so impressed with him this tournament. Tommy Reffel, as we said, has just been outstanding. He was again yesterday, and Wainwright backs it up with another massive performance. You know, his work rate's phenomenal. Yeah. He looks <clears throat> so yeah. athletic and dynamic. And then he even got a chance to show that footballing ability from uh, from his younger days as well. It, it just, yeah. It's just been absolutely superb. 
but he was, he, you know, but he was the same at the end yeah. as he was at the beginning. Great fitness, yeah, great fitness. But I, I think, I think, well, Wales, one one advantage Wales will have over France, based on on what we've seen so far, is is a connection. Uh, I don't think France no. are connected, um, and. And for all the fact that you know the components are there, whether it's the absence of Dupont, I don't know. Maybe maybe he did mask some some failings in there. And and let's face it, you know, in, in the twenty tens, <clears throat> France were were never better no. than mediocre, were they? So I don't know. But but they they look disconnected today, badly disconnected. And and and, and Wales, you know, Wales. Yeah, I mean, it definitely feels like a system thing to me because. Even though they've got key players missing, there's still, as you say, there's class littered within within that side. So you've still got the the likes of Fiku and Fiku and Ramos and and Peno and and these and these players. So you know, to me, it feels like the the system is, is has started to break down. So they'll be looking to rectify that against against Wales. Just in terms of what Wales do, I don't know. Perhaps a couple of changes I'd like to see. I've not I've not felt like Josh Adams has been fully fit. He's certainly not been at his best. I was gonna. <clears throat> Mm. He looks leggy, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. I don't know, you know, if it's been a kind of lack of game time. It's, he's kind of had intermittent starts this season, but he's not looked. He's not looked like the Josh Adams of old. No, he's not. He's normally like a firecracker, isn't he? He's um, he, he really really goes up mm. to the fizz about him, but um, no, he's he's, he's 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 looked a bit flat this. Yeah, he, he has. I don't know. Um, and also, I kind of feel like Grady was in was in red hot form all this season, playing on the wing and. Um, I don't know. I feel like he's perhaps, you know, if he's coming on at the end of games. I'd be, I'd be quite tempted to, to have a look at him and, um, and play him from the start. Yeah, fifty-seven minutes, and I think so. That, so that would indicate a change will be considered because that's that's quite early to to change why uh, when it's, you know, it's not the area where you you've been losing the no, game. No, I think I think you're right. Um, that might well be something that's that's considered, but otherwise, I don't see a great deal of changes. You're right, possibly at, at prop, and again, second row is a is another question mark, and um, just because we're so light on ball carriers, and and Rowlands obviously does offer that, but again, it's the, we're the our main our main threat of scoring tries still remains the driving line out, and you know, and, and Beard yeah, is a big well, part of that. <clears throat> although, yeah. although I did, again, I didn't think it was his, his, I didn't think it was his yeah. best game, but, um, but it's certainly one of those, one of those areas that, that has been a strength for us so far. And it, it just keep, it keeps you in games, doesn't it? Because then if you get a penalty and you go to the corner, you've got a chance of scoring. Yeah. yeah you know, they've got a couple of penalty drives, haven't they? As, as I said, you know, yesterday's a bit fortunate, but um, it's, 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 it, it works, so you're right. But, but it is you know again against France with their with their big beasts, it will be um, you know get, getting over the game line will be um, will be will be a challenge. But I but I, I just think because because they lack that connection, I just think I mean you know how he was going about you know causing chaos in Dublin. I think they can cause chaos against France, and it, and it it wouldn't have to be that chaotic to to scramble yeah. their heads. No, I think you you might well be right, and hopefully it's uh, it's going to be a closely contested game. And uh, of course, you can get all the the build up to that game on next week's podcast where we will be back to uh, to take a look at that and of course all the news from elsewhere 
uh, within the world of Welsh rugby. Uh, but thank you to Paul for joining us. Thank you to everyone for listening. And finally, a thanks as always to our sponsors at So Coffee. If you want to get some great quality coffee, uh, the best way to do it is go over to our Twitter page, check out the link in our bio, and you can get an attacking scrum discount off that. Uh, and it is great stuff as well. So, uh, yeah, make sure you do that. But for this week, that is it. And, uh, yeah, thanks for listening. We'll be back to chat rugby with you very, very soon. Podcast Network.